0: Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow.
1: Ah, the Napa Valley. Wait, why are we talking about this? I can't drink a valley. Not again, anyway. Oh, oh, they make wine there. Okay, that makes more sense. But how good is it? Well, we're going to talk about this area, and the wine, uh, that makes much of its history. Uh, and... Maybe get a good feeling as to why the storied location is so good for making wine in the 20th and 21st centuries. So, relax, pour perhaps a nice Cabernet Sauvignon, and get ready to have a drink. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: I'm Justin Frazier.
2: And I'm Christopher Walker. We're short of Casey, and we probably will be for a while because uh, he he's dealing with his three new children. Three, you ask? Yep. Didn't he only have twins? Well, that's because he's in the process of birthing a brewery through a jackhammer. He was he was out getting sweaty. Jackhammering out uh, the drain lines for his new system that is about to be if, delivered.
1: If you're a patron to have a drink and have access to our Discord, you can see the pictures.
2: Oh yeah, they're in there, and you can also get your fill of Casey because uh, he is still able to do our patron episodes. He can he can spare twenty to thirty minutes every now and then for that. So because that's you know we're not keeping any timeline, we can we can sneak those in. But if Guys. you want some Casey, got to get on get on that patron feed.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no spoil about what I'm drinking later, but that just poured like molasses, and I'm <laughs> real excited now
0: <laughs> all, right. all
1: right uh so um other than me thinking inappropriate thoughts about a beer, what's everybody else been up to uh
0: same old, same old um, I still have a cough, still sickish, um, but did exercise today for the first time in quite some time. That was yeah. nice, and uh. We have still, as you can see, uh, not unboxed a whole lot of anything. There's like plastic <laughs>
2: hanging off of bookshelves behind us and fast yeah. nice food bags hanging out. And
0: because we have an infant.
2: Piles of boxes. <laughs> and, <it>,
0: and jobs. <laughs> and I worked yeah. almost
2: 70 hours this week. Again, it's, it's been a trend for the whole month. Yeah. But uh, uh, I mean, also... There from... is
1: that overtime.
2: Yes, that overtime's nice. But uh, the, that trend also led me to forget a story store gather around children uh, so while I was in Danville
1: shall, gather around children you shall hear about the Danville story of wait that's not gonna <laughs> rhyme
2: so uh, while I was in Danville I completely I was exhausted and forgot to tell this story last week so I gambled and it well the story will tell you if it pays off uh my my job as many many of you probably know by now is uh doesn't allow me the opportunity to restrooms. And uh, if you have to go number two, you're usually just kind of SOL. So,
1: <laughs> Literally.
2: Yeah. So uh, there's also a pizza place that is not up here, but it is from our region back home, and there is a location out in Danville. This pizza place is Giovanni's. <sighs> Giovanni's tends to have an effect on the human body.
1: Look, when you grease up
2: so much everything, it just sort of acts as a lubricant. And... <laughs> it, it gives you diarrhea. Fred, like, <laughs> If you make it through the night, the next day, you're going to blow manhole covers off. <laughs> Let's just say it gets that way. Well, while I was in Danville, uh, I decided to partake. And I was tired and forgot exactly what it will do. And I ended up eating a whole medium pizza by myself in one sitting. Yeah. like Like a real man does. And I just crashed out and went to sleep. I got up the next morning, went to work, and everything was fine. I got there, got on the truck, and then my tummy had some rumblies. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. I think I think we'll be okay. Like, you know, you're, it, things kind of come to you in waves. And I was like, you know See, what? It's light. And I was like, I think I can get through the day. That day ended up being a 14-hour day of ugh. sitting in a bouncy truck going over country roads
1: with country road
2: <laughs> with take di- me home. with diarrhea to the poops <laughs> begging to get out I I've started having some real sweaty moments when it's coming and hitting <laughs> and i'm like Ooh, i don't know if all the seals are gonna hold or <laughs> we're, we're, we're really pushing her here and then if at the end i've made it like the end of the day we finished the route we're heading back into the depot He's like, you good? You, you need me to stop? And like a, a wave had just passed. I was like, I think I'm, it was like it's only like 20 or 30 minutes back. The depot was like, I think I'll make it. I think we're good. I'm like, okay. And make it all the way back to the depot. I'm like, whew. There's like two bathrooms back at the depot. Like plenty of opportunity. But I'm like, you know what? I've got my toilet paper back at the hotel room. So I can get some aloe and e all up in this business. I was like, and I'm pretty sure, I'm confident I can make it. I made it all day, made it to here, everything's going great. Cool. Go. I, I go to jump in the car, I go, ah, because while I was also uh, in Danville, there's not a whole lot of good, fast, quotes, food. Like, slightly healthy, so I was eating Applebee's, because I can get, like, grilled chicken breasts and, like, a salmon filet for pretty affordable, and I can get it curbside to go. So I just pull up, and they bring it out to me, and I'm um, the F out of there. So I would, just, I would think, oh, oh, crap, I did, not, I did not take in getting dinner on my way back, because when I get to the room, I am not coming back out. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I can, I'll, I'll just go da-da-da, put my order in real fast, start going. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have to take crap <laughs> real bad. I was couldn't, like,
1: <laughs> you, couldn't you have gone inside once you got to the Applebee's? just Could have. Could parked have. there for a second, said, you know, I'm just run in. Run back out. Probably no. have time to get your food still.
2: That—that's still no my my own confidence and hubris <laughs> in this whole thing. No, I can make it. So uh, I pull up. Look, hubris always worked out for the ancient Greeks. <laughs> uh, start on my way back to the to Applebee's. It's just like a five minute detour from on my way to the hotel. Pull into the curbside to go spot, and I'm like, oh, oh no, the stomach starts uh, like here comes here comes the big wave and uh, we feel it's that it's that if you when you're sitting down and you feel this coming you're like clenching your <laughs> cheeks so hard it's raising you off of the seat you're sitting in like you're arching yeah. up like everyone knows this mm-hmm. feeling don't don't people look at me right now like i'm <laughs> like i'm crazy you know this feeling you just don't want to admit you have this feeling just like when your <laughs> butt gets sweaty when you have to go like you know it does well <laughs> My butt had been pretty sweaty from the day and from the holding this in. And then, uh, like, I'm sitting there waiting for uh, someone to bring me my food out, arching up in my seat, when uh, I suddenly can't feel my sphincter anymore. And I'm like, that's decidedly not good. And the urge uh. passes. <laughs> And I'm like, oh. And uh, I, I lower back down in my seat. There's no squish or anything. I'm like, we're in the clear. And <laughs> she brings me my food. I get it. I put it in the seat next to me. And as soon as I go to back out, I just kind of maneuver a little. I'm like, nope. We've gambled and lost. Chris done shit his pants. <laughs> in an Applebee's curbside to go. And dambled. <sighs>
1: Flew too close to the sun,
2: Chris. Flew too close to the sun. Uh, I I was lucky that it was just a little liquid that leaked out. I guess that where it was Giovanni's, there was guaranteed to be nothing solid.
1: <laughs> yeah, that pizza wasn't solid. It was seventy percent <laughs> grease that they just kind of congeal into a pizza shape.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was like, oh, I'm back to the room, and that that underwear goes in the trash. <laughs> uh. So so yeah, yeah that's. I don't like Danville. Danville sucks. If you live in Danville, <laughs> you suck. Like that's just. If you're from Danville, I don't know what to. I don't know what to do for you. Just you should just. Uh, jump Ooh. in the river. I don't. I don't know. There's nothing.
1: Just, let's go with move. Other ways that don't involve, you know, suicide. <sighs> well, uh, as I was showing them earlier, I now have, I have keys, to a new place. Hmm. Oh. I, I'm not there yet, but I can move in at my leisure over the next month or so. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the best
2: way to take it, rather than the route we did, where it's like, you know what, you're going to go homeless for a couple weeks, and then you've got, like, a couple hour window to get your, to get all your shit out of storage and get in.
1: It was, a. Uh... It was a th- It was a a, a a lesson learning experience. I learned from your alls things. Yeah. I, was like, I should move what not to do earlier it. rather than later. Uh, but since we're you know we've got some of that ready, I decided I needed to get start some of the packing, uh, and I started with the worst thing that I had to do, which is organizing comic books. Now. I had, I, you can't call it a comic buying habit. I had a drug habit <sighs> of comic books. Uh, Legit. <clears throat> they, they've heard the amount of money that I, I spent per week on comics. I don't want to get into it here, but it was too much. Uh, <laughs> I could still eat, but I'm really surprised how.
2: Uh, like junkies, junkies that may have heard were like blushing like, man, he had a problem. <laughs>
1: Well, so I I start – I had a day off, and I was like, all right, I'm going to start in the morning. I'm going to get all this stuff together. I start at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I work for seven hours organizing, uh, bagging and boarding, and trying to put up comic books. I don't have enough bags and boards, nor do I have enough uh, – <laughs> storage uh short boxes for it so i had to buy more they came in today so i have more to do seven hours got me uh, let's be generous and say halfway through (laughs) and that's with me looking at some of them and going you have to go i have nowhere i can take you i had to do one of the most troubling things in my life which was throw them away
2: that was the equivalent of me letting you all take my beer.
1: Look, I stood over the over an empty garbage bag with this in my hand for about 5 minutes staring at it going, you're never going to read these again. No one will take them. They are books from like that new 52 launch that didn't pan out. <laughs> just 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 drop it. And I just held on to it going, you can do this. <laughs>
2: It was it was, like you were you were holding a pillow over them, like suffocating it, them.
1: It, I still kind of regret doing it. Like the, the next day, I was like, I can go back in the trash can. I can get those back out.
2: There's just a little garlic butter on them. It's
1: fine. They're wrapped inside of a bag. They're probably still safe. <laughs> but, but I got rid of some of them. But since I knew I was ordering more, I did not get rid of nearly as much as I was planning to. So I have, I have more to get rid of, um, and. My back and legs hurt more <laughs> from moving those into the living room and sorting them all day than it did the two times I helped you guys move.
2: <laughs> Jeez. You handled that couch for two moves. Mm-hmm. The dressers, like all of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Didn't faze didn't me. I knew how to lift. Lift with your legs. You know, proper Proper technique. I was fine. I was like, these are just paper. How heavy could they be? I also had more than I originally thought when I was like, set them aside so I could get them out. Because I had another one just hidden deep under the bed, another like large tote of them under the bed, and I had just tried to drag it out and go, oh, God, no. (laughs) So I watched three movies while I was doing that to give you an idea of how much time. I watched Spider Man Homecoming, the first Iron Man movie, and Aquaman. (laughs) I hadn't seen Aquaman before, so I finally watched it. My roommate owned a right?
2: My my roommate owned a copy of it, so I was like, "All right." We have to pause everything there. God awful, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's not right.
1: good. But there are some entertaining moments in it. Like yeah. it was, yeah. It was, it was like I can get through it. I thought it was like kind of a dumb movie, but I didn't think it was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, I didn't think it was Suicide Squad bad. I, I I kept laughing every time I could hear Jason Momoa though going, "Ha ha, my man." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I thought that movie was, I, I thought Willem Dafoe was going to go a different way in that movie, but because
2: if you put Willem Dafoe as a yeah. in your movie, he's a villain. He's he's always going to turn. Like that's what's going to happen. He's
3: yeah, gonna I was do, expecting it. He's going to do Didn't a
2: one eighty.
1: Didn't happen, but spoilers, I guess. But you don't want to watch Rockoman anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the grand DC thing, not the worst DC movie I've seen. So, mm. uh, but, you know, Iron Man 1 holds up pretty well. And uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is just a delight every time.
0: Yeah.
1: So, and especially Ned, every time he is on there, I'm just like, God, he's great. That kid <laughs> has, that That guy has great comedic timing.
2: Yep. All right. But, you know, uh, you know who else has great comedic timing? Big Voice Jay. Big
3: Voice Jay. Welcome to a movie draft minute presented by TV for the week of May 20th, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay, brought to you by Sidewalks, keeping kids off the streets. Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Ritual is in last place with The Dog's Journey bringing in 9.7 million dollars. Team Drunkage Gaming is in 5th place with 21.9 million dollars. Team The Bond Squad's in 4th place with 42.9 million dollars. Team Game Night is in 3rd place with 138.1 million dollars. Team Have a Drink is in 2nd place with 727.1 million dollars. And in 1st place with 69 million from John Wick Chapter 3: Parabellum. It's mm. Team Movie Party with one one billion seventy-four point <laughs> four million dollars That's your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute All totals are accurate as of May 22nd, 2019
2: So, I for one uh, welcome our, uh, our new winners this year Because, because no, one's, no one's touching them No, <laughs> no. God.
1: Uh, Yeah, we were hoping on a couple of movies to, to hit harder than they did we, we took some chances
2: We played our hearts really hard
1: and I was hoping Detective Pikachu was gonna was it had the opportunity were it a better movie. But from those trailers, I I thought like, you know, this has a chance to to hit wide. It's gonna mm. get a lot of thirty year olds and a lot of ten year olds.
2: Apparently it hit wide and it just no one went.
1: <laughs> it, it went, but it did respectful, but not
2: It did what the not studi- what it should have done. It did what the studio thought it would do, not the Insane projections everyone else is giving it. But you just can't
1: compete with John Wick, apparently. (laughs) Man, I forgot they also had John Wick. And I was like, oh. Oh, that made a lot of money. Mm.
2: I figured John Wick was kind of used up. Two movies that were both pretty good. I was like, there's no way the third one's going to carry. People are just going to be done with it. No, apparently there's even a fourth John Wick coming.
0: I've heard nothing but good things about the third one.
2: How many dogs are they going (laughs) to kill? How many dogs must a man kill before John Wick loses his will?
1: I, you know, I make that joke. I've still not seen the first one. That was actually what I was going to watch. And then I saw Spider-Man Homecoming recommended and I went,
2: yeah. All the John Wick (laughs) movies are legit amazing. Like they are visual feasts.
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to see that first one. I just, when it first came out, I was like, ah, whatever this is. And then I kept hearing how good it was. And now I'm like, I kind of need to see it. Uh, it, I feel like it's gonna scratch that like, the the way the first Taken movie scratched a niche.
2: Yeah, it would. It it's that, almost that, like the Matrix and Taken rolled together.
1: Just like that, that hardcore action, kind of revengey kind of thing. Where like, you yeah. may not necessarily be a good guy, but everyone else is a real bad guy. So you're like,
2: oh, go, murder. Yeah, <laughs> go get him. Go get a Ray. Go get a Ray. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll happily take second place in this movie draft.
1: Hmm. I hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, at this rate.
1: I mean, we've got a good lead, but a whole lot of summer left to go, guys. Yeah. We may be the April Fool.
2: <laughs> Alright, uh, well, this is where we would normally transition into untapped, but third. Is no untapped. We have no new badges this week. Nothing to talk about there. And then after that's where we would normally transition into news. But guess what? We have a whole news episode, like it, it, weekly, out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, this week was pretty good. We were talking about the uh, very suspicious uh, TTB fine to Constellation Brands of four twenty. Feel 420. like four hundred and twenty. Four twenty. They find them four twenty. Could be because they're buying up. All the marijuana companies. Uh, and uh, Sierra Nevada about to test their pimp hand on a bunch of breweries. And uh, New got... Coke is back. Yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you missed out on New Coke uh, the first time around, and I'm pretty sure most everyone listening to this did, because that was the year I was born. Yeah, I mean... Maybe not everyone listening to this. Well, Maybe a few people that can remember having some while wearing their nappies. Hmm. Uh, but then, yeah. Uh, go yeah, go out check out this up. week's news episode.
1: Yeah, it's a, a good one.
2: We had fun, and uh, also this week we have a topic.
1: Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the Napa Valley. Well, first, uh, let's do a little background, a little bit maybe about general California wine history, but we're we're gonna try to focus more on on Napa Valley. First, van- the first vines were planted in California as far back as the seventeen hundreds. Uh, well, history shows uh, vines were planted in sixteen eighty three it's not likely those first vineyards were developed, as the areas where they planted those were abandoned. Uh, in, uh, 19, uh, in 1779, a group of missionaries led by a father Junipero? Junipero Serra? Yeah, Junipero Serra? Sure. I don't know. Uh, planted vineyards uh, for use in all nine of the missions he founded. Nine missions. That's a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Those early vines were cultivated to produce wine for religious uses. Uh, The initial planting uh, were not specific to grape varieties. They were field blends, which, due to their use by the church, became known as mission grapes. Hmm. Uh, The name came from the fact they were planted by early missionaries. Uh, The commercial birth of the wine industry took hold not much later, uh, in the mid to late 1800s. Now, before Napa Valley was known for producing quality wine, many of the popular American wines came from New York, Virginia, Ohio, and Missouri. Okay. Uh, it's interesting to think about uh, an Ohio wine.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's a thing, actually, now, but it's still yeah. weird and not right, I
2: feel like. <laughs> oh, no, it's weird because uh, there is a vineyard up by our company's main landfill. And oh, the yeah. township is known for this landfill, and it's within the waterways of this landfill. And I'm like, I wouldn't touch wine from that place with a 10-foot pole. That's disgusting.
1: I mean, also, they had it in New York, and I'm just picturing, you know, a bunch of cowboys around a fire, open up at a bottle of wine. I, go, I got this
2: one from New York City. <laughs> New York City! Get a rope. Cowboys opening up a bottle of wine. Really?
1: Yes, because I really wanted to do the get a rope <laughs> joke. Okay. <laughs> if I hear New York with unexpected product, I immediately go, New York City! Well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a law. If you were born before, let's say, 1990, yes, you it's... think that. Uh,. In fact, vineyards uh, sprouted out all over the place in Southern California before Napa, and much of Northern California was cultivated. Uh, it is known that uh, European grape varieties were being planted in Los Angeles and Anaheim in the in the 1830s. Perfectly, uh, perfectly named Jean-Louis Vignes uh, opened the first commercially commercial winery in California
2: in 1833. Can we pause right there because I thought you were going to say Jean-Luc? <laughs> Picard? And the new Picard trailer, which oh, starts it with Jean-Luc, it, it's like in his retirement, as mm-hmm. Admiral Picard, uh, out uh, in his fields. Making wine. Making wine, and it's showing uh, his his uh, family label that he is making. Mm. And then suddenly it cuts to him in an interrogation room. Oh. <sighs>
1: I haven't seen this yet, so I'm going to have to watch this after the show. They
2: had to age Patrick Stewart with makeup to make him look like a slightly aged Jean-Luc. <laughs> uh,
1: I was going to say, he's he's no spring chicken by this point. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, uh, Jean-Luc Affinier uh, was quickly followed in Southern California by William Wolfsky who owned more than 145 acres of vineyards in Los Angeles and Southern California by the, eight, uh, by the late 1830s. And by eight, uh, 1859, Los Angeles wine industry was getting an added boost when the city agreed that no taxes should be imposed on land used for planting grapes. Then east of L.A. and Rancho Cuc- Cucamong- Cucamonga. Cucamonga, yeah. <laughs> I, I Rancho was like, Cucamonga, I yeah. I thought, that was, I thought that name was just a joke from old cartoons. <laughs> Uh, which is not uh, not far from San Bernardino, vines were planted in 1838. Uh, the Santa Ana areas of uh, South Los Angeles also saw planting of vines. Now, it can be said that the history of the Napa Valley begins when Joseph Osborne started planting vines on a 1,800-acre tract of land he named Oak Knoll in the 1850s. That original track has been split and resplit several times over the decades, but has been given birth to the best bench, uh, benchland vineyards in the valley. However, much of the credit for planting the first vines uh, in Napa goes to George Calvert Yount. Now, the land George C. Yount uh, first began cultivating was given to him from a grant from the Mexican government, as California was not yet awarded statehood and was still part of Mexico. Uh, George Covert Young began planting the vineyards uh, as far back as 1836 in Northern California. While George C. yant was the first person to seriously plant vines. The Napa Valley history was made by John Pachette, who gets the credit for creating the first official vineyard in the winery in the Napa Valley. He began planting vines in 1854 and started producing wine just three years later in 1857. John Pachette, uh, Constructed his cellar in 1859. The following year, his wine received an official review. This is probably the first official review, and if any California wine it was composed by Robert Parker uh, of his day and uh, published in the Ca- uh, California Farmers Magazine, the review said the white wine was light, clear, and brilliant; very superior indeed. His red wine was excellent. We saw superior brandy too. His winemaker was Charles Krug, who would go on to form his own winery. In a few years.
2: Hmm. Yes, that name uh, will ring ring some bells if you uh, listen to any of our Mondavi episodes.
1: We have a little, there's a little bit of crossover with our Mondavi episodes. Uh, I try to keep a little bit of that out because,
2: yeah. Again, they have their own episodes of which a part three of the Mondavi series will be forthcoming sometime. One day. Uh, Between 1870 and 1880, Napa County's wine output increased by almost 1,000%.
1: Before that, they made one. After that,
2: they made (laughs) 1,000. And by 1890, Napa County was California's leading county in terms of gallons of wine produced. You know, if your county's going to lead in something, why not? Lead in beer. (laughs) Well, yeah, but if you can't lead in beer... Leading <laughs> much of that growth uh, that Napa County experienced You
1: can't lead in beer, lead in whiskey.
2: <laughs> well, if you're not in Kentucky, make it wine.
1: Okay.
2: So much of the growth that Napa County experienced in the late 19th century is due to developments in infrastructure such as the telegraph and the railroad as well as cheap Chinese labor.
1: Because racism is always in
2: your history. And mm-hmm. so is slavery. Yes. The development of the railroad in Napa made it easy to transport crops, wine, and tourists. During Napa County's wine production boom, California wine had a reputation for false labeling and dishonest alteration processes. Uh, mm. At this time, Gustav... I always yep. have problems with that name. Nibom, Yeah. Nibaum, a wealthy businessman, established... Uh, inglenook winery with the intention of improving the wine industry's image Uh, he had a vision for napa county and in 1888 began growing high quality wine grapes using french methods and techniques napa county experienced global exposure at the 1889 world fair in paris where inglenook's wines won awards he helped uh, improve the winemaking business in Napa, so that it began to attract other wealthy entrepreneurs. By the end of the nineteenth century, gotta
1: give it some legitimacy.
2: Yeah, they get some get some of that legitness to it. <laughs> By the end of the nineteenth century, there were more than one hundred and forty wineries in the area. Again, remember this is eighteen hundreds. We're not we're not talking the modern day.
0: Still, quite a few.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of those original wineries, several still exist in the Valley today, <laughs> including, oh God, I would have, get stuck with this. Beaulieu. Beaulieu. Uh, Berenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles Krug, Chateau Montalina.
1: Montalien? Montalien,
2: Montalina. Montalina. Uh, so, uh, people who know wine are just screaming.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you fools! It's like when we do Scotch, and Jim is just, like, screaming.
3: You fools! <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, far... Far Niente. Niente. Far niente. 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 Uh Markham Vineyards, and Shromsburg Vineyards. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. If, if I'm wrong... Keep it to yourself. Email us. Tell us. <laughs> Keep it yourself. Things are going... Things were going great for Napa Valley Vineyards. But then came the... When we did the Mondavi thing, I, I've screwed this up too. Phylloxeria? Yeah. I, I'm guessing. I just...
0: Oh, hmm. See, I was going to go with Vilocera. The
2: Blight. We'll just say the Blight. Vilocera. That sounds more like an actual word. Yeah. <laughs> Killed many of the vines throughout the valley. Then came Prohibition which was also not great for winemaking, unless you were a priest or rabbi. Well, Uh, then you
1: got to tell jokes, too.
2: (laughs) Then once Prohibition ended, the whole country was already in the Great Depression, which wasn't a good time for any business. But eventually, things started to turn around. I I don't know, things looked really bad for a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... All right,
1: all right. The louse is gone. We can finally get back to making grapes. No more drinking. I okay, it's fine. I'll just sell food grapes, I guess. <laughs> Prohibition's over. Oh, thank God. Who wants some? Next... Who wants luxury goods? No one has any money. I, I am going to burn this vineyard <laughs> to the ground. <laughs>
2: yeah. oh. Well, uh... Andre. Schlitschef? Sure. Is generally credited with uh, ushering in the modern era of winemaking in California. Uh, Belleu hired Schlitschef in 1938. That might be
1: your least favorite sentence you've ever had to read in the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. He introduced several techniques <laughs> and procedures to the region, such as aging wine in small French oak barrels, cold fermentation, Vineyard frost prevention and malolactic fermentation. Mm -hmm. I like to imagine
1: there was, uh, there was Chili, the polar bear, and it's like, only you can prevent frost, uh, can prevent grape frost.
2: (laughs) His great campaign. Following Prohibition, Beringer Vineyards uh, invited attendees of the Golden Gate International Exposition to visit the winery using promotional maps printed with the phrase, All roads lead to Behringer. In I don't 19- think that's true. <laughs> in 1939. Yeah, I don't think they do. The winery also invited Hollywood stars, including Clark Gable, Charles Lawton. That, that was right. Yeah. Lawton? Yeah. Okay. i was making sure. Uh... That's one name for some reason. It's so not ringing any barrels. Uh, <laughs> Good job. These early promotions are considered to be the birth of wine-based tourism. That is now a large part of the economic or economy of Napa Valley. It's pretty much the only... Like, I have to imagine outside of taxes from vineyards. That's uh, so wh- about it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's wine and tourists. <laughs> Yeah.
2: In 1965, Napa Valley icon Robert Mondavi broke away from his family's uh, Charles Krug estate. If, if you're curious as to where that story had started, uh, yes, it was the Krug. Uh, there's, there's a lot
1: more family slapping and that going on than I expected.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh gosh, that's just you know, if you guys haven't listened to our Mondavi episodes, it is just mm-hmm. this beautiful like Spanish soap opera. You can is, you can actually
0: picture the uh, the the Netflix or HBO original movie
2: in I, your head. Uh, yeah, I do not understand it's, how the rights have not been sold. I'm,
1: it's the entire cast of Mad Men just living
2: out this because this it's thing. It's Chef's Kiss good. Just, mwah, mwah. Mwah. it's that fantastic. <laughs> uh, found <laughs> he found his own make founded his own winemaking operation in Oakville. It was the first new large-scale winery to be established in the valley since prohibition, and included the original uh, to Calonland. Land. After this, it's a
1: big it was a big name in pre-prohibition California oh. winemaking. Ah. Uh,
2: after this, the number of wineries in the valley grew rapidly, as did the region's reputation. Well, eventually, get around to talking about the Mondavis some more in their own story, because uh, as I teased. A part three to that one will be coming around eventually. We're, we're just giving it some time, you know. You gotta you gotta simmer on some of those. You don't want to just rush through it. Gotta tease Brit- it a little.
1: Brittany, you may have my favorite part of this episode. Oh, okay. This is this is every this is every story about a wine tasting that I ever want to hear about.
0: <laughs> so, the Judgment of Paris,
2: Ba-ba-bom.
0: which for some reason just got in my head like it was a. Uh, the introduction of the next scene in like, um, money Python, um,
1: the, uh, meeting of life.
0: Yeah. You know how they introduced the next the cha- chapter
2: mm-hmm.
0: of, of right? That's like, for some reason, that's the first one of
2: those money Python animated things.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Feet everywhere. Yeah. For whatever reason, feet. Yeah. <laughs> because or saggy boobs. Like that's just, that was the thing.
1: Right. Look, it's what Michael, not Michael, it's what Terry Gilliam liked. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, nothing quite established the reputation of this region uh, and California wines in general. Quite like a wine tasting in 1976, also called the Judgment of Paris, as a wine competition organized in Paris on uh, May 24th, 1976, by Stephen Spurrier, uh, a British wine merchant, in French, uh, in which French judges carried out two blind tasting comparisons. Uh, one of top quality Chardonnays, and another of red wines, so Bordeaux wines from France, and Cabernet Sauvignon wines from California. A Californian wine rated best in each category, which caused surprise as France was generally regarded as being the foremost producer of the world's best wines. Uh, Spurrier, Spurrier probably? Uh, sold only French wine and believed that the California wines would not win. Hmm. Many people from various wine presses or wine press were invited, but only a correspondent from Time, George Tabor, showed up as a favor to the organizers. Wow.
1: Like, couldn't get anyone to show up. And he's like, fine, I'll, I'll write about it. Wow. Uh, obvi-
0: obviously, the French wines were going to win, um, which is a quote from George Tabor. He says, everyone thought it's going to be a non-story. It turned out that uh, to be the most important event because it broke the myth that only in France could you make great wine. Uh, It opened the door for this phenomenon today of the globalization of wine. Wow. Uh, So Spurrier tapped nine of the most respected names in French gastronomy for the job. They included sommeliers from the best French restaurants in Paris, the head of a highly regarded French vineyard, and, uh, Odette Kahn, the editor and of the influential Revue du Vin de France, uh, the French wine review. Um, as The he, most French thing ever. Yeah. As the sole <laughs> journalist present, Tabor had a lot of access, and he had a list of the order of the wines being served during the tasting. The judges didn't. He watched as they swirled and spat. At one point, Tabor says... A judge Raymond Oliver, chef and owner of Le Grand Vefour, uh, one of Paris' great restaurants, sampled a white, and then he smelled it, then he tasted it, and he held it up again, and he said, "Ah, back to France." Taper recalls. <laughs> I'm assuming, it, it, yeah, except it was a Napa Valley Chardonnay.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love. Line studies yeah. where everyone is wrong. Basically. Even us. Um, the
0: judge didn't know that. Uh, said, quote, but I knew, Tabor said. And once he realized what was happening, Tabor says, I thought, hey, maybe I got a story here.
1: <laughs> Just picture him sitting down at the list and he goes, ah, to be back in France. And he looks down and goes, oh, he doesn't <laughs> know. He, Oh, this is great.
0: <laughs> this is now the best day. Um <laughs> Uh, The top winner in red wines was from Stag's Leap Wine Cellars, and the top winner in white wines are Chateau Montalena. Uh, Both wines are from Napa Valley. This was the turning point in in the wine world and the conventional wisdom of France's superiority in wine production and quality. Now, great wine can be found throughout the world. It could be seen as a watershed moment even if all the judges were pretty upset with the results and claimed the blind test was flawed, which may be true to some degree. Uh, today, there wasn't
1: much there wasn't much scientific you know, whatever to make the, 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 the sampling correct. However It's still a blind thing. Com- one of their complaints was like these it was only like someone after the fact said it was American judges that did it and they went, I realized one of these guys were French. Yeah, <laughs> all of your judges were from France.
0: That's kind of the best thing. Uh, today, Napa Valley features more than 450 wineries that grow grape varieties including Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Merlot, Zinfandel, among others. White winemakers, or sorry, while winemakers, may produce wines from specific uh, AVAs within the valley. Uh, many wines are made as a blend from grapes grown on the valley floor and the surrounding
1: hillsides
2: ah the AVAs. <laughs>
1: yeah it's basically an appalachian during the early years of winemaking in napa valley vineyards were often planted in uh, patrick patterns and many uh varieties growing side by side as practice uh matching the most appropriate grape varieties in a, to a particular soil and climate condition uh, of the vineyard site uh, was little understood at best. As Napa Valley became better known, vintners decided to market the wines collectively to distinguish them uh, from and compare them to the wines of uh, the great wine regions of the world. Today, we have an intimate understanding of the connection between the terroir, terroir, something like that, terroir, yeah. yes. and the uh, and the, uh Vine and have realized just how di- uh, the v- diversity of the Napa Valley soil, climate, and terrain allows us to grow distinctive wines from areas within that valley. This great dis- uh, diversity has led to ventures uh, and growers to petition the government to create a uh, create defined grape growing uh, areas within Napa Valley, giving them names to reflect their regional designations. These areas are called American Viticulture Areas or AVAs. Napa Valley itself is an AVA and has since received its own designation in 1981. It's California. Uh, it is California's first recognized AVA and the second in the U.S. With Napa Valley, uh, uh, within the Napa Valley AVA, exist 16 nested AVAs. So we're just going to kind of list them off here. We're going to go probably into more detail in these in a later episode because it, it
2: was decided that even to say a small description of each of these would last way too long. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you've got Atlas Peak, uh Chile's Valley uh, District, Coombsville, uh, Diamond Mountain District, uh, Howell Mountain, Los Car- Carneros? Carneros. Uh, Carneros. Uh, Mount Vedder, uh, home to Eddie, <laughs> uh, Oak Knoll District of Napa Valley, uh Oakville. Uh some of these may sound familiar since they're named for vineyards and whatnot that uh. were on there. Uh Brotherford, uh Spring Mountain District, Saint Helena, Stag's Leap District, uh White Horse Valley, and Yountville.
2: Yeah, a few of those kind of stand out from the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: we're, we're going to continue on talking about Napa in a later episode. Uh, but we're, we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these areas. Maybe a little bit more information, too.
2: Well, um, I don't think any of us were drinking stop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh,
1: <sighs> I have too much in the fridge to be buying wine.
3: Drink with me, friend.
0: Yeah, I'm not even drinking alcohol. I had to drink tea because my throat is still being dumb. (laughs) I've been still coughing to death this episode. What tea are you drinking? The Celestial Seasonings Tension Tamer tea, which is pretty fantastic, actually. But it got cold a little while ago, which sucks.
1: I'm sorry it's cold. (laughs) Have you thought about putting ice in it?
0: It's not that kind of tea.
1: (laughs) Look, I assume any time you put ice in a tea, it's going to become iced tea
0: but not in the tastier way that you would imagine.
1: <laughs> if you perform enough good deeds do you beca- and understand you're changing as a uh, person, do you become water tea? Rick and Morty joke, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I was like, I am not even following that right now.
1: It's okay. Uh, well, I was drinking a beer because, again, I have too much, <laughs> and... This, oh, I believe, is the last uh, last of the, the gifts of smoke from uh, Or Not Nertacular, Drinktacular.
2: Aside from the conjunctivitis.
1: Drink the conjunctivitis. Well, sorry, I'm also trying to type in what we did, and I just realized I made a typo of Imperial Imperial Stout. But that's the style. Uh, it's from Second Shift Brewing. It's called Liquid Spiritual Delight. Uh, comes in at. I'm trying to find its. Eight, uh, At 11.5% ABV.
3: Mm -hmm. It's not weak.
1: And uh, it's got no listed IVUs that I can find. It's not really the point of this. But it has a beer advent score of 4.1 out of 5. I think that score is low. All right. It's real good. It poured, like I said earlier, like molasses it's it's sweet. Hold on. Uh it's sweet. It's got a a got like dark roasty kind of flavor in there. Oh, uh, it's uh, it's like eating a dark chocolate s'mores. Uh not really marshmallow in that kind of way, but it's that kind of dark chocolate is what I'm thinking of. Uh it's it's so delightful. Uh it's also got some of that nice like oatmeal stout, kind of a, a body that I particularly mm, like. So it's yes. uh, it's real good. Uh, I highly recommend it, and I'm not going to be able to get it again unless oh. I go up up to those neck of the, necks of the woods.
2: You can you can make it up to those necks. Maybe. How about you, Chris? What have you been drinking? Well, I broke my embargo since moving in uh, and having to purge so much beer from the fridge. uh, I was not buying anything for a long time. And finally, couldn't take it anymore with the heat coming. I wanted some... I was dying for IPAs, honestly. But then I also thought, you know what else will hit the spot right now? Some nice, tart Berliners. (gasps) Yeah. And Streetside had just released one last weekend, Glitter Freeze, which is a, one of their best. It's absolutely amazing. So I went up, I saw on social media they still had some packs available. So I hustled up there and grabbed a four-pack. And yes, this is Glitter Freeze from Streetside Brewing. It's a Berliner Weiss coming in at 4.4%. Uh, you know, weak. It's a Berliner. It's not going to be crazy. No IBUs listed. There may not be any. I don't <laughs>
1: It may not live. We don't know.
2: Uh, The untapped score, because you can't really trust the Beer Advocate score because there's only three reviews. Fair enough. The untapped overall score is 4.02, and it is a delightful, delightful Berliner Weiss passion fruit and dragon fruit. Mm. It brings Mm. it tart and fruity and just... Just you pucker your lips when it hits them. It's...
0: It was very strong for for what that kind of beer is.
2: I'm happy. Man. And it also provides me a small platform to say Streetside will be hosting their first ever beer festival called That's My Jam Fruited oh. Beer Festival.
1: When was this again?
2: Um, I can't remember exactly when it is. Uh, tickets went on sale Friday at noon. Oh, there are tickets. It's $50 for general admission. I think it's oh. 65 for VIP.
0: Oh. Mm.
2: A number of great breweries that do great fruited beers is going to be there. So I haven't got my tickets yet. I hope to get them soon. I don't think it's sold out. Hmm. So.
1: I want tickets. That, that I don't just... know when this is.
2: Uh, you can find it on their Facebook page. They've got the event up there. Uh, the tickets are through Eventbrite. Hmm. Okay. So, that was my my time to shill for someone else who didn't even ask <laughs> me to.
1: It's fine. Sorry, now I'm on Streetside's Facebook <laughs> trying to...
2: <laughs> now there's, there's distraction. St- <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to wrap this one up, everybody. So you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv.
1: Don't forget, you can tell us your your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, smoke signals are also fine. Uh, <laughs> sandwich really. boards. You know, anything you want to... You know, carrier pigeons... I think I've got. I think I got one last week, but <laughs> the, getting, the the message had fallen off in transit. They're getting Ravens. caught
2: in airline. You know, it's a, they're getting sucked into engines. It's just a whole problem. <laughs> but all joking and fun aside, i would like to remind everyone: please drink responsibly.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, you can check us out again next weekend for the next live episode. And of course, remember to check out Patreon.com/slash HaveADrinkShow. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: I'm Justin Fraser,
2: And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time.
3: Bye. Bye.
2: club hopes you have enjoyed this bro <laughs> I like that I look